0: morning. All right, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 17. Praise God. And I'm going to entitle this sermon, The Time is Short. The Time is Short. There's a Bible verse that actually says that. It's in 1 Corinthians 7.29. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. And what's really on my heart is you know we, we are, we're aware of john the baptist and he proclaimed the messiah is coming the messiah is coming you know he's, he's ministering to the people of israel and saying that he's coming he's coming and so john the baptist was the one put in place to prepare the way of the lord he is the one to prepare the hearts of the people to turn and repent from your sin because messiah is coming get right with god get your heart right with god And so he would would baptize them for repentance. In other words, a baptism where where they would repent of their sins, be washed, and, and it would be symbolic of being washed from your sins. And so that's a message we also have to have because the time is short. Jesus is coming back again soon. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back again soon. And so we, as the church in the last days, need to proclaim that message boldly and loudly. The time is short. Jesus is coming back. Get right with God. It's time now to repent. If there's any sin in your life. Now is the time. Now is the time to get right with God. The Lord is coming soon. He's coming back for a bride that is without spot and, and was, is without Wrinkle. That means it's time to repent and get right with God. You know? So what we see, unfortunately, in these last days, and I believe that these are the last days, and I'll explain that in a little bit and give you some examples of why I believe these are the last of the last days. But the the problem we see today is much of the church doesn't want to tell people to repent. They don't want to talk about things like sin. It's it's just too too negative, you know. It makes people feel bad. And and so they, they go to these mushy uh, Milk toast churches where sin is never mentioned. Repentance is never mentioned. But it is a necessity to remind people to turn from their sins because there's a, a consequence. It's called death. There, there's a necessity to remind the sinner to turn from sin. There's a consequence. It's called the wrath of God and hell and ultimately the lake of fire. Well, all this negative stuff they don't want to talk about. But there's times we need to talk about these things. That's not, we talk, not, not something we talk about all the time. Okay, yeah, you know, I, I believe that there needs to be a balanced message. You know, when, when you uh, hook up, there, there, there's a, like a positive message that you can preach and, and you know, the, the goodness of God and then there's a time to preach that and we just sung about God is good and, and we should do that and that's good and that's right. But there's also a time to warn people of some trouble ahead. Even the Christian needs to be warned of some trouble ahead. There's persecution ahead, even for the church there's some negative things that we've got to be aware of to get ourselves into position to say, God, I'm, I, I'm, I'm believing your word. I'm trusting your word. I'm getting my heart right with you. I'm repenting of sin, cutting off the access of the devil to destroy in this very critical time. And so I, I see there's, there's a positive message. As preachers, uh, you know, all the preachers know what I'm talking about. Uh, there's a positive message you can preach and there's a negative message you can preach. And and some people just never talk about the negative side, but it's a necessity. Then there's the others, of course, that never talk about the positive side. That's a necessity as well. But you've got to have both. You've got to have a balanced message where you're aware of the love of God, but you also got to be aware of the wrath of God. In fact, I think pastor just preached like last week on that. And so I, I imagine it like a, a a battery. You know, you have your you have your battery in your car. You got a positive and you got a negative. Well, if you only hook up the positive, you have no power you've got to complete the circuit. You've got to hook up the positive and the negative. You've got to have both to have the power that you need. And so I believe that this church, and really every church should be the same, is a church that preaches a balanced message of the full gospel. We do need to be aware there's some things to be warned of. You know, we, uh, my son and I, Tommy, we went uh, on a hiking trail a number of years back, and we're just walking down the trail, and uh, there was, it was a lot of rain, and there's some flood, and so some of the animals were kind of moved out of place, and uh, Tommy and, and another guy that we were hiking with just walked right past the tree. At the base of the tree, there was a rattlesnake. They didn't even see it, and I, I'm the last one in the line, and I saw the snake, and I'm saying, watch out, guys, watch out, right? Got a little picture of it, and uh, it was just coiled up, and, and it didn't do anything, praise the Lord, but If there's something bad in the trail, if there's something bad coming down the line, I don't know about you, but I want to know about it. And I appreciate someone that is brave enough, that's bold enough to tell me the truth and say, watch out. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of the church is not at that level, at that, I guess you'd call it a spiritual maturity level, where they're willing to hear something negative. Hey, watch out. There's some danger ahead. But we need to be that way. We need to be like John the Baptist. And so, I'm going to read out of Acts chapter 2, and he here is talking about the last days, and I'm I'm going to be talking about the last days, because I believe we're there. In Acts chapter 2, I'm going to start reading at verse 17, and it says, and, and this is Peter speaking, he says, it shall come to pass, in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, And your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Praise God. You won't hear that preached in a lot of churches, but we believe in the power of God. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in tongues. We believe in prophecy here. We take the whole New Testament and just believe it all and believe it is valid for today. And so this, okay, we we read that it shall come to pass in the last days. So he's talking about something that happens in the last days something that is a necessity. And he goes on to talk about the, the power of the Holy Ghost. And so that's a necessity. But what is interesting is this is a prophecy out of Joel. This is, Joel's in your Old Testament, and so Joel prophesied this you know, hundreds of years prior to when, when this took place. What took place was what happened in the upper room, right? They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So that happened uh, almost 2,000 years ago from today's date anyway, roughly. 2,000 years ago. But what's interesting is he calls that, Peter calls that, the last days. Now, that is interesting. If 2,000 years ago was the last days, where are we today? We're, well, we're still in the last days. In fact, I think we're in the last of the last days. Praise God. And Peter, Peter actually explains that in his own book in, uh, let's see, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, and I'll just go ahead and read it. He says, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. Well, if you you know God created the, the earth and so forth, and he did so in six days, and on the seventh day he rested. So there's a seven days. And so this is a, a, a picture of the, the seven thousand years of what appears to be God's allotted time for the, the ages of man. So, 6,000 years ago from today, roughly, we don't know the exact day, of course, but roughly 6,000 years ago, God created man. And so, it, there, there's 6,000 years, and then we're entering into the seventh day, the 7,000th year, which is the, the millennial reign of Christ. It's the rest of God. We are entering into that place of rest and peace where the devil will be bound for a thousand years, one day. One day as a, as a thousand years, a thousand years as a day, right? So the, the devil's going to be bound for a thousand years and Jesus is going to rule on earth from Jerusalem for a thousand years. Then starts a whole new age with a new heaven and a new earth. So the, the idea here is when we talk about the last days, well, the last days of the week are the last few days. And so that started, the day of Pentecost started the last 2,000 years. So the last 2,000 years or the last two days are the days that we've entered into Pentecost and to the power of God that we need to to carry out the work of the Lord in these last days. Everybody understand? So the last 2,000 years are the last days, technically, according to, you know, Peter. So we are in the last days in the last 2,000 years the day or the age of the church, where God has poured out His Spirit, and we can all be filled with the Spirit, and then we can all, like it says in Acts, be filled with the Spirit. We all, it talks about visions that we can have. um, Go back and read it again. I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. In other words, God isn't picking and choosing certain people. You all can have the Holy Ghost and be filled with the Spirit. And then it talks about prophesying and visions and dreaming dreams and so forth. We are in the last days, according to Peter. Jesus taught us about the last days. You know, Jesus talk, talked and said to watch because you know not at what hour the Son of Man comes. We are to watch and be ready at all times. I don't care if you're pre trib, mid trib, post trib, doesn't matter. We're all to be ready for the coming of the Lord. That word watch means to be ready. It's, it's the picture of a, of a guard standing watch. And so uh, in the Old Testament times and the New Testament, when there was a temple, uh, there was guards to guard the temple. They had gold inside, and then there was, there was priests that would, that would also uh, keep the fire burning and things like that. And so they had to stay awake all night to keep the fire burning. They had to stay awake all night and guard the temple. And so the picture is this This is uh, really us, we are to be watching and ready and guarding, not falling asleep. Because if the guard fell asleep or the priest fell asleep, the head priest would walk around sometimes at night and check to make sure everybody's awake. And, and if he was nice, he would just hit him with a stick. But if he wasn't as nice, he would do something else. He would, he would literally catch, he would light their clothes on fire. And so their, their clothes would be on fire and they'd be burned up. And so that's where we get the reference in in Revelation chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus says, behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garments, lest he, he walk naked and they see his shame. I'm telling you, church, now, today is the time to get right with God. If you've got anything between you and God, anything in your heart that's not right, any part of rebellion, anything that's holding holding you back from just entering into the fullness of obedience with God. It's the time to get right. Jesus is coming soon. I've come to tell you the Lord is coming soon. Another verse along these lines is in uh, uh, 1 Peter 4, 7. He says, now this is Peter again, but the end of all things is at hand. The time is short. The end of all things is at hand. That was spoken almost 2000 years ago. So how much more is that true today? The end of all things is at hand. We are close to the very very end. I'm going to keep reading out of Acts though. The next verse says Acts chapter 2 verse 18. God says, "On my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy." Again, this is something God wanted in the earth, is for his people to prophesy, to speak divine utterance by the Holy Ghost. That's the word prophesy, is to utter the words of God by the Holy Ghost. So this must be a necessity for the last days. I, 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 I thank God that I, I, I believe in the full gospel because I would hate to reject the gifts of the Spirit, the power of God, the Holy Ghost, and enter into the last days. We are going to need the power of God in these last days, particularly for the work that we're called to do. We're, of course, called to reach the lost. We're to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ, died on the cross for your sins, for the sins of the whole world, and if you believe in him, you shall not perish but have everlasting life. Therefore, repent, turn, and give your life to Jesus Christ, right? Right? that's the message of the entire church. And so God has equipped us, given us the Holy Ghost to to get this message out. We now have power. It's not just words, but we have demonstration of power uh, Paul talked about in Corinthians. You know, just having words, well, you know, that's a good start, but then we can demonstrate that the power of God is real. Praise God. And one of the ways we do that is also by prophecy. Now, there's different kinds of prophecy. There's prophecy that that tells the future. And and then there's the kind of prophecy that is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. And a lot of the New Testament prophecy is just like that. But uh, the type of prophecy that tells the future also, we can read lots of them in our Old Testament, it, it verifies the truth that God is God and God knows the future. And God knows what's going to happen. And so he prophesies. He tells us of prophecies that are to come. And so we're going to get into some of those prophecies in just a few minutes. But these these prophecies verify that God is God. He knows the future. And when these things come to pass, we can say, this is God's word. This is truth. Because it prophesied that this is that which we have read in the prophets. Let me go on to read. So what I've read so far is the things that are for the present time. The, the power of God is for the present time. But then he goes on in verse 19 and he says, I will show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, vapor, vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon and to blood before the great and notable day of the Lord comes. I believe those verses are talking about the future. And we don't know all the details of you know what that means, but it is something that has not happened yet. But it's talking about the the, the world will turn dark, spiritually and literally. Uh, it, it also mentions that in Revelation 6:12, he says, I, "I beheld when he opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the the moon became as blood." Imagine the sun going completely dark. How dark would it be on Earth? That would be pitch black dark, cave dark. And so there's coming a literal darkness and, of course, a spiritual darkness we already see creeping into the earth today. At least I hope you see it. Uh, If you're not seeing that, you're you're not paying much attention. But Jesus warns us that the darkness was coming. He said in uh, John 9, 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. There's a night coming where you cannot work. And so now is the time for the church to do their job. Now is the time for you, not not just the preacher, it's the time for you to warn people Jesus is coming. And with Jesus, you know, the first time he came as the lamb to sacrifice himself. The next time he comes, is going to be as the lion. He's coming in wrath to destroy the enemies of God. And so you, you want to make sure that your loved ones that your children, that your family, that your friends, that your neighbors, that your co-workers know the truth, that they need to get right with God, that, that they need to repent from uh, following a dead religion. If, you know, people follow all kinds of dead religion that, that is based off works instead of faith in, in what Jesus did on the cross, that's not going to get them to heaven. They need to repent from following, well, I go to church, so I must be a Christian. Or I live in America, so I must be a Christian. I'm a good person, so I must be all right with God. I'm not a bad person. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a rapist. Therefore, I must be right with God. They need to get those erroneous fallacies out of their mind and realize the only thing that saves you is faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross. That's the only way to be saved. And so we're the ones, you're the ones that have the gospel on your lips. Not the, the, the job of the preacher only, it's your job. It, it, he said the, the Great Commission is for all that believe. He didn't say preachers are the only ones to preach. It is for all that believe. We are to be saving the lost. We are to take the place like John the Baptist, prepare the way of the Lord. The Lord is coming soon. The time is short. The, the end of all things is near. And so that is the job of the entire church. The days are growing dark spiritually. I, I have a, a headline here recently, a headline in, in, uh, in the news. It says, Chinese Communist Party has continued its crackdown on Christian house churches as the world reels under the Wuhan coronavirus pandemic. So we see the darkness creeping in all around the world. So, uh, you know, historically, communism Uh, has been the enemy of Christianity, and vice versa. Christianity has been one of the greatest enemies of Christianity is communism. So when we see communism creeping into the earth, we know we've got some struggles ahead. When we see it creeping into our nation, we know we've got a spiritual fight that we've got to start taking on through prayer. So that's just the spiritual darkness that that I'm talking about. Uh, But there's also coming a literal darkness. Oh yeah, and of course we see the Christian voice is being silenced through uh, many media uh, like uh, Facebook and Twitter, YouTube, and the search engine like Google. So the voice is being silenced. So imagine if the Christian voice can be completely silent. What's the only thing left is the devil's lies and deception. And so the whole world is, is wrapped up in that right now. And I would encourage you, don't get wrapped up in all the offenses and all the junk in this world. Our mind is on Jesus Christ. Our mind is on the the mission that God has called us to. Get your mind on spiritual things, not natural things below. Keep your mind on heavenly things. Glory to God. Hallelujah live for eternity. Don't live for the present. Don't get offended at all this stuff. If you get caught up in this stuff in the last days, you're going to be in that vortex of spiraling down and down into greater offense and sin and offense and more sin, just like the world. Don't get caught up over there. Don't get distracted. The devil is a master at bringing distractions. Keep your eyes On Jesus Christ and on the mission ahead. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the ones to proclaim truth that'll set the captives free. Now is the time to do that because the people are hurting so badly all around the world. And the more stuff the devil does in the earth, the more he gets one group pitted against another group when both groups are wrong, the more that happens, the more people are going to hurt. And the more people hurt, the more desperate they are for the gospel the more ready they are for the gospel. They they weren't ready before because they think everything was cool. But when things start getting bad, they're going to get more hungry for God. Now is an opportunity, praise God. Now is the time. If, If we don't do it, who will? If now is not the time, then when is the time? Praise God. It is always the time for the church to rise up and be the church. Be the light, the, the light that is on the hill. There's, you know, churches that don't want to tell the whole truth. They want to they cover up their candle and put it under a basket. But we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We put our light on the hill so that people can come in the darkest hour. You know, the, the light's uh, not too strong when it's daylight, but the darker and the darker the world gets. The, the greater our light shines. Amen. Now is the time to be who God's called you to be. I want to just give you a few examples of how we're in the last of the last days. And uh, I, you don't have to turn here, but I'll just read some passages. Ezekiel thirty seven twenty one says this, I say unto them, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whether they be gone, and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. That is a prophecy that Israel would return back to their own land. This is proof that we are in the last days. That happened in 1948. It was unimaginable that Israel would actually have their own land. You know, at the turn of the century, this was just uh, impossible. But because of World War II... Uh, Israel was granted their own land and became a nation in 1948. That's a Bible prophecy. They didn't have a nation for almost 1,900 years. Imagine that, having nothing, no nation, no land for 1,900 years. But yet there were still Jews out there. And those Jews started returning to their land, and they're still doing it today. That's an amazing prophecy that, that points to we are in the last days. Another prophecy in uh, Zephaniah 3 9 says, For then I will turn the people to a pure language that they may call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent. I don't know if you know this, but the Hebrew language, see, in 70, the, the, the Jews were uh, attacked. Jerusalem was, was destroyed, raised. The temple was raised, it was destroyed. And the Jews scattered throughout the whole earth. And, and they, they fled in the diaspora. And so the, they, they, they left their land. But they also left their language. The language died. The Jews went into other nations and started speaking their language. And for like 1900 years, their language just disappeared, practically completely disappeared. The only Hebrew that was ever spoken was in the synagogue, but the Jews couldn't even understand it. It's like the priests were speaking Hebrew, but nobody could understand what they were saying. It's sort of like the Catholics speaking Latin, and nobody knows what they're saying. And so the, and that's the way the, 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 the Hebrews wanted it, or the, the Jewish uh, priests wanted it. They didn't want anybody to understand. The language is too holy. But uh, a man came along called Eleazar uh, ben Yuda, and and he revived a dead language. It had been dead for 1,900 years, and so the, the language was completely well, not completely gone, but mostly gone. You, it wasn't a, a language that could be spoken in any type of conversation. So. Uh, in, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, he revived a dead language, the Hebrew language, right in time for the Jews to enter back into their land. So it was just a miracle that it happened, and it was just, just a Bible prophecy. That was prophesied right there in the Bible. Another prophecy, and I'll, I'll just go through, through a few of these, was that, uh, that Jerusalem would be rebuilt according to the dimensions of Jeremiah 31, 38 through 40, and so Jerusalem uh, is is uh, prophesied to come back into dwelling, and that's another miracle in itself. In the six-day war, in only six days, the Jews gained their capital, which is a miracle. If you ever heard the stories of how that happened, lots of miracles actually. Just another prophecy is in uh, Psalm 83 that there would be Arab and Israeli conflict, what we call the 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 wars in the Middle East and the, the Middle East. Um, uh, conflicts. That's a prophecy. There would also be the fertility of the land would return. When the Jews left the land almost 1900 years ago, it it became a barren wasteland. There was just just nothing. It was just, uh, in fact, uh, back in 1867, Mark Twain visited uh, the land of Palestine or Israel He said, There is not a solitary village throughout the whole extent, not for 30 miles in any direction. Uh, There are two or three small clusters of Bedouin tents, but not a single permanent habitation. One may ride 10 miles hereabout and not see 10 human beings. Of all the lands there are for dismal scenery, I think Palestine must be the prince. Can the curse of the deity beautify a land? Palestine sits in sackcloth and ashes, over it broods the spell of a curse that has withered its fields and fettered its energies. For all those years, hundreds and hundreds of years, the land was just nothing. It was a waste. Nobody would want to go there and live there. But then the Jews return to the land, and they start working the land. And now there's a bountiful uh, produce of fruit like you've never seen in the earth. You, you remember those big grapes that talked about in the Old Testament when the Jews, the, the spies, went into the land? They, they are experts at fruit. In fact, they're, they're making new fruit. They're combining fruit like you've never seen, hybrids of fruit that, that are apparently very popular. Some more prophecies. Uh, the Bible talks about in Daniel 12, 4, knowledge and travel shall increase, and we have seen that happen. Revelation 13, we know that there's a mark of the beast coming. Well, now we're in a place where the technology is is very clear that that could easily take place. Um, and, And I'll just give you one more. Matthew 24 talks about, for nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. That's a prophecy of the last days. So, nation against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. I think we're there. Kingdom, you know, kingdom talks, I think, about spiritual kingdoms, We can see there's a clear division of light and darkness fighting right now uh, on the earth and probably in the heavens. And, of course, we see civil unrest. We see ethnos versus ethnos, which is race versus race. Uh, And so these are all things that tell us, okay, we're there. We're not only in the last days. We're in the last of the last days. So what does that mean for us? It means for us to do what God has called us to do. For us to be like John the Baptist in the last days and call the people to repent, prepare the way of the Lord. Now, there will be a a literal prophet that's going to come and and minister in Israel. There's two witnesses that are coming to minister in Israel and and call Israel back to God. They're going to call Israel to the Messiah, Jesus Christ, because Israel, for the most part, has rejected their own Christ. But us, we are called to all the nations of the world to reach the lost. I'm going to read John uh, chapter 1, verse 6. He says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. And so we too are to bear witness to the light. How can we bear witness? Witness is something you've seen, something you've experienced. And so that's how we preach this gospel. We have experience, experienced the light of God changing us through the born-again experience. It is not just a, a, a mind thing where I'm going to try to be a better person. I'm going to try to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to be good from now on. That, that's not the born-again experience. That's not it. It is a true in the depths of your heart change so that your old man dies and out of, out of the grave, spiritually speaking, comes a whole new person. You become a new creation in Christ. And so that is the light. That, that's how we preach this gospel, is the testimony of how God has delivered us. Maybe we were on, in drugs and, and in pornography and in alcoholism and in and so many other things. And so that testimony is the proof that this is a reality. Jesus is real. Hallelujah. And so that is how we preach this gospel. It's tell other people how God has been a light in our hearts and in our life. John one twenty three, talking about John the Baptist, John says of, uh, of himself, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. That is what we're called to do. We are also to be in this wilderness what do I mean by wilderness, is separated from society. We are in the world, but not of the world. We don't want to go back into the world and get caught up in all the mess that they're all getting upset about. No, we are to be a separate and holy people. That's what the word holy means, is separate. Okay, We're, we're, we're a different kingdom. We're a different nation. We're just called like ambassadors to this earth, but this isn't our home, right? Ambassadors speak on behalf of another nation. And so that is us, we gotta see ourselves as out in the wilderness, uh, enjoying one another when we come to church, and enjoying fellowship, but we go right back out these doors into the world as ambassadors and tell them the good news, that God has come to save them through Jesus Christ. And if they say, well, I don't need that, I'm okay, I think it'll be fine, then we need to tell him the truth that Jesus is coming back again and every man will stand before God and on the day he comes back again, he will come back in wrath. If you do not repent of your sins and make Jesus Lord of all, you will perish for eternity. You will be thrown ultimately into a lake of fire. There are some people that just never get it until you tell them the whole truth. I start out with the good side. But some people think, you know, I don't need that. Or some people some people think I, I'm a God. I'm I'm God. You know, that's that's a popular thing now. I'm I'm a God, you're a God, everybody's a God. You know. Stupidity. That's that's foolishness. Those people need to learn, hold on. There is a real God and you're not Him. And if you don't get right with Him, you're gonna burn for eternity. That's the Bible. We need to preach a balance. There's a time to say that. Not to everybody, but to some. We do need to tell them the truth. We need to be serious and let them know the truth. We live in a world, we live in, a, in an age and a generation where churches don't want to tell the whole truth. They, they, they want you to live your best life now. And they want to talk all about all the positive things. You can have your best life now and, and write books and be positive. And, and I'm, for being, I'm for being positive. That's, that's, that's good. There's a time and a place for that. But there's also a time to warn people, to warn people of things coming ahead of time, bad things, negative things. You, know, you need the negative and the positive to have the power. So we need to uh, be aware that each one of us has a message. That message is like John the Baptist calling the sinner to repentance, calling the backslider, even those in church that are not right with God, to tell them the time is short. Jesus is coming. Now is the time to get right with God. We are the the last day church. We are the the final church. I believe the final group, I mean, I believe we, all of us alive, no matter how old you are, could see the rapture of Jesus Christ and the resurrection. All of us, if you're alive right now and listening to my voice, I believe we could be the very last ones. The torch has been handed down from generations prior and it's finally come to us almost 2,000 years later. We have work to do. The harvest is white. that that means the harvest is ready. It's it's, it's time to gather in. We're going to ask the musicians to come back. Now is the time to gather the harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers. That's us. We're the ones that should stand up and say, yes, Lord, use me. Who can I reach? How can I reach them? What, What can I do for your kingdom? How can I serve? How can I give? Now is the time. Some of our last opportunities to, to obey God, to, to gain reward for heaven, to, to most importantly, harvest souls for the kingdom of God. The torch has been handed down to us in this last generation. I believe we're the last generation. I believe I'll see the Lord Jesus in my lifetime. We are the ones that carry the gospel to this last, last generation. God has appointed us in this time. That means we're equipped with everything we need to do that job. We're equipped with everything we need to handle the, the difficulties that are going to be at this time. God's got it. Nothing, nothing to be worried about or concerned about. God's going to take care of you. All right? God is faithful. God is good. You can trust him. He will protect his people. In, in, the, in the book of Exodus, you know, there are all these plagues that came on Egypt, but the land of Goshen was protected. It was darkness that covered the whole land except one little place called Goshen where the Jews were, where God's people were. And so I believe it will be the same for us. We can trust God in these last days. Don't get distracted. Don't get concerned with all this craziness you see in the news. Get your focus back onto God, God's word, and the calling of the church. Prepare the way of the Lord. Call on the name of Jesus and be saved today. That's what we're to be doing. I ask you to stand with me. Hallelujah. Father, we come right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord God, for you calling us into this day, into this hour, to this calling to carry the gospel to this generation, which very well could be the very last generation on earth. It is our job and our responsibility to tell the good news, what you've done in us, is available to all freely. For you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son and whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If anyone that hears my voice today has not made their life right with God through Jesus Christ, now is the time to call on Jesus Christ. Turn from your sin. Repent from all your sin and give your whole life to Jesus Christ to let him be Lord of your life now is the time the hour is short the day of the lord's coming is at hand we are in that last sliver of time before jesus appears now is the time to get right if there's any believer who's not right now is the time to turn from all your sin and give him your whole life again oh lord god we thank you for the calling today we thank you For what you're doing in the earth by your mighty Holy Spirit we yield to your Holy Spirit for this time to do this work you've called us to do God have your way in each of us even right at this very moment thank you Jesus
1: Lord we just look to you Father to give us that direction in our life Lord we realize that you're looking for somebody to go out there and plant your word Somebody to go out and water your word. And Lord, we realize it's you that gives the increase. Lord, help us to be prepared to take your word out to a dead and dying world. Lord, to share the good, glad tidings that you have bestowed upon us to someone else who is in need. Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory in your holy name. Amen. Amen. We thank God for his word on today. We thank God for all of you that are in the sanctuary. Those of you who are tuned in on Online Church, we appreciate you being out. But I just want to encourage you, if you're in within driving distance, if you've been staying at home, we invite you to come out. We've changed the worship room so that you can socially distance yourself from somebody else. But we have some empty rows out here. And we want you to come out and join us and fill those amen again we appreciate everybody being out with us today and we just want to ask that as you go out you continue to be safe you know continue to allow the lord to direct your life and witnessing to somebody else and telling those good glad tidings of what god has done in your life and and how he has blessed you amen and as always we're gonna in our service and we're gonna depart the worship room in two groups and so
0: thank you for watching and please subscribe you can also find more of our videos in our archives at christunveiled.org we'll see you next time